You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast and have a great episode here with uh, Greg Petrie and Graham Smith, uh, creative talent behind uh, Santos Sisters, uh, a hot comic book. Uh, you hopefully can find it at your independent bookseller, but we're going to be getting into that comic and getting into the minds. But first, uh, Greg and uh, Graham, welcome to Something Rather Than Nothing. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, Ken. Yeah, it's a great, it's a, it's a great pleasure. And I know um, uh, we were talking before we popped on. Um, something Rather Than Nothing, we get into comics. Sometimes I'm a huge uh, comics fan and uh, really want to get into um, your, your creative work. But I want to ask one of the big uh, questions we ask on this show little bit of an intro of an origin question and uh we'll start with you graham uh were you an artist when you were born yeah probably i think so i mean no i guess because I, I think that there's like the vocation aspect but then there's also like the intention aspect and i don't think like i guess you know i probably had the vocation from an early age uh, even if I didn't know it, but I did without the intention or even, you know, the knowledge of the Academy and all that stuff. So I'll say no, but basically, yeah. No, but basically, yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Hey, 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 Greg. So you're, you, you pop onto the earth and uh, you got this uh, artistic instinct. Are you an artist when you're born? Ah, uh, geez. I, I, I don't know, really. I, I guess your parents kind of tell you you had a proclivity for it. I I know I like drawing. Like uh, I mean, every kid loves drawing when they're when they're little. But like I I kept liking it and I kept doing it. So I don't know. That's I, good I enough to I, keep going, right? I suppose I had a proclivity for it, but a proclivity. Yeah, a proclivity. Election. Yeah, Since we're I, talking about. Pro- proclivities and predilections <laughs> um for for well let's talk about let's talk about uh com- let's talk about comic books and creativity let's but let's let's talk about comic books uh specifically uh you put out an independent uh comic book here and it's a deep labor of love getting it out there putting the pieces uh, uh together uh, Greg, starting with, starting with you, as far as, um, the Santos sisters, um, comic book, yeah. what, what, what brings you towards that? What influences you to make, uh, to go out there and say, let's get this comic book out into the world. What, what happens there? Oh yeah, that's a good question. I guess just to see if we could do it. I mean, we've been, we've been trying to make comics for, for a good 10 Ten years now, but uh, longer than that, Greg. <laughs> yeah, you, you think? <laughs> yeah, no, I guess you're probably I mean, right. I was in my apartment in two thousand nine, two thousand eight, yeah. at least, uh, and that was—I mean—that was part of the game plan then. So, but yeah, like more. I guess when it gets down to the nuts and bolts. Oh yeah, um, yeah. 
Maybe it's a little. I guess, I guess with when it's over ten years, I just say ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Greg, I don't know how to explain what you just said and how it's true, but I think it is. After the ten years, with everything's ten years. Ten, ten yeah, years. It, it's also different because, like, now you've succeeded, right? So, like, if you had been, if you were still trying to successfully produce publish and get distributed an independent comic book and it had been 20 years it would be kind of weird to be like oh yeah we've been working on it for like 10 years or something because like the people in your life would know like dude it's been longer than that <laughs> but i do since, since you've succeeded it's fair to be like yeah we were trying for like i don't know 10 years or something but hey who cares how long it was we did it <laughs> right, right 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 yeah that's true but and like I guess I will ask this. I should totally know this, and I do. So I'm just asking this question for the sake of the audience. Um, where did what was the genesis of the the two Santos sisters as like the leads in the in a comic book? Well, we 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 had that Madame Sosostris figure, which I which is based off of. Uh, I, I mean, we get the character from you somehow. Uh, That's right. I made it up. I created something. <laughs> yeah. I stole it from T.S. Eliot, but you know what? By God, I shall still take credit for it. Right, right, and 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 we <laughs> we kind of take your ideas and and just and just well, I have the uh, I have the you know the the lead in the the lead in that you have uh, into it is that one day while combing the beach. The Santos sisters discovered a pair of beautiful medallions. What happened next changed their lives forever. Yeah. And then um, you quickly go into the hotter the lobster or lobster. I'm from the East Coast. The sweeter <laughs> the juice. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just go into it. They're, I mean, well, so yeah, I guess it's, I think that part of what works so well for it is that like, you feel as though you're in this fully formed universe and you're kind of joining it in medias race or whatever, but it doesn't feel exclusive at all so it's like this uncanny but inclusive and like obviously there are touch points things that it feels similar to i remember when i saw the review uh comparing the art style to i didn't even know the guy who like did the archie books like i didn't realize that was a style i i saw a comparison to that i was like that's kind of like rude. Like, and then I went and like looked at some of it. I was like, Oh, okay, I guess I can. So there's like that, there's that connection. It's obviously an, uh, a compliment too, but like, it is that mix of like, you know, kind of what you're looking at. You kind of feel like you have its number and then like, and you're comfortable enough proceeding, but you realize it's not quite what it seems. Right. Is that inaccurate? Uh, that sounds about right. Sure. Yeah. You you jump was, right in. I, you jump right in. You get the idea that there's like a backstory and stuff. There may or may not be, but but you don't really need that to tell a story. You can just kind of go into it. So tell tell us about. I want to talk about like the the comic getting into the world, right? So like, I was uh, I ran into a floating world comics. You know what we're talking about, like 
I don't know, maybe like cities and places that have, uh, you know, your independent comic book stores, comic book culture, which would certainly be the case in places like Chicago and um, out here in uh, Portland, Oregon and, you know, other metropolitan areas. So, um, you know, you look at the place, this uh, 56 page uh, issue and get it around uh, the country. But could could you take us a little bit more into um, like. The, 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 the second printing of this issue and getting it distributed and just trying to, you know, crack at it as an independent maker. This is an independent podcast. You do an independent book. Like, what's going on to, to, to get your thing, to get your, your, your art, the thing that you created, to get it uh, in uh, my hands? I'm in Albany, Oregon. I got it in my hands from Portland. How, how, do, how do you get that done? Mark would be a good one to, to answer that one. <laughs> He's not here, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, Ma- Mark. Mark did a lot of the legwork getting in, getting getting them into your hands. I'd say. I I, I think he already knew um, the fellow over at at, at Floating World Comics. Um, we did this other comic book beef jam, so he he's been shopping that around. He's kind of developed a, a whole list of contacts and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, a few people, a, a few people with a sphere of influence, have gotten their hands on it, and it's 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 pretty much been word of mouth. Um, I mean, there's yeah, I'm. It's a good product. It, it it's like a um, we did a lot of work getting getting uh, getting it printed and stuff, making it look nice. I think that's half the battle. But, yeah. What about um, what about uh, 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 comic books or funny books themselves? Right, because this feels like in the good old uh, the, that that offhand reference, you know, um, funny books or old comic books. There's always been this like tussle, like in weird history with comics about um, you know around art or like their validity or popular culture and. I think over time, what you've seen is like, you know, like looking at the incredible work that you do as creators, uh, penciling uh, the colorist, the ideas that go into comics that make them like, that make them pop. So I wanted to ask the art question, uh, however you want to, however you want to answer it. But um, the question is uh, comics, comic books as art. And what is what what is art? What is art, uh, Graham? You want to start? Sure. Well, well, Greg, why don't you? Because my answer is going to be long and pretentious as hell, and it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Greg, sure. what, I'm curious to hear what you say first. Ah, uh, well, yeah. As far as comics, um, they can. Well, let's see. I, I think comics is more uh, heavy on the craft side as opposed. Um, if you compare it to something like oil painting, um, but even oil painting is—I uh, I think craft gets left out of the equation a lot of the times because there is art, and that covers poetry and film and everything too. But you know, those all—those things all take craft too, and I mean like a set of rules that have been established over time, like what works and what doesn't work, and. Um, you know, and, and 
a good artist uh, has has like uh, can can play with those rules, go outside the rules, but stay but stay within the rules. There's the there's the thing like sometimes you have artists that ha that are very artistic, artsy. I I don't have the vocabulary for it, but then you have ones that are um, that have a good good craft work, you know, you know, and and some sometimes you'll have someone that's really heavy on the art side, but the craft isn't that good. Like I don't know, like uh, I don't know if I'd be insulting Jackson Pollock for for instance. There's there's not much craft work, but the way that he moves the stuff around is really artistic, and you can feel it and all that. But and then you can have someone that's really good at the craft aspect, like uh, like what's his name, uh, Hopper, you know, because paintings aren't very artistic, but they're. I guess no, those kind of are because they got like a, a real mood about them. But you know what I'm saying? There's like. Yeah, like, like it can be like very technically. You got to have the technical and the the ethereal. Is that the right word? So I'm gonna build off your answer a little bit because I hadn't really thought of it this way, but this kind of makes sense in my grand unified theory. And so I'm, you know, not uh, I, I I am kind of a perennial comics outsider, I guess. I grew up reading comic books. I still love them, but like I'm not, it's not one of the things that I've chosen to put a bunch of my time into, like reading and paying attention to it, right? But why I think comics, and I kind of connect it with pop music, but I'll make a, a distinction for why I think it's better. Like, you know, art is, leaving the word art aside, right? Like a creative expression that is designed for uh, appreciation and interpretation by a community, right? So let, let's say that that's how I define art. And like comic books, to Greg's point about how like you have these rules, right? Like I've never seen like a completely abstract comic book that also tries to tell a narrative, right? Like that wouldn't really fly. Uh, and like in the art world, like knowing like Jackson Pollock did when a novel idea is not only novel, but also will connect with a, you know, with the existing community and with a larger segment of the, the community, like that is what I think of as the artistic side of it. Uh, and honestly, like in fine art, like particularly, I haven't been to galleries in a couple of years now, but like I used to go to galleries a lot and there was like a trend of like what I think of as just like bad figurative painting. And it was obvious that like, you know, successful professional painters were like, the new movement was like, let's just make paintings that like look like bad paintings, like bad college paintings, right? But knowing when that shift is possible to make and making it, that's like the artistic side. Craft in the fine arts, I don't know, like, you know, Jeff Koons gets maligned. I'm not crazy about Koons. I, again, I grew up loving Jeff Koons in the 90s for some reason. I remember being like, why can't I find a book with a bunch of pictures of Jeff Koons' artwork? And, like, I got my wish, right? But, um, like, his craft is amazing, but he doesn't do any of it He because he realized early on, like, I need to hire people whose entire job is to, like, build molds to, like, create gigantic metal things that look like mylar balloons right like he's not 
And a lot of people think the fact that he doesn't do the craft like matters somehow. That doesn't matter. Go and look at his stupid sculptures. Either you like them with, you know, not knowing any of the facts or like his smug, stupid face. Either you like it or you don't. The problem with fine art is that like it, it, it both doesn't allow that cult of personality aspect. And it also like kind of, absolutely is dependent on that right like gerhard richter like i'm sorry his piece like his work is just not none of it is that good as far as i'm concerned it's all fine it's all art whatever like there's no reason the fact that like he has this like persona that like no but like people who know who gerhard richter is they don't actually know anything about him he's not a celebrity like drake or something right but like that's responsible for making you know transmuting his paintings into gold right so to bring it back to comic books, there are these sets of rules and you work within them, but also like you're, you're not really bound by them because a lot of what you're trying to do is kind of show off your technical skills for a community of people who are, you know, predisposed. Uh, what did you call it? Pre, uh, I forget the, the pre word. Proclivation and proclivities. Yeah. But so, you know, you're showing off your skills to a community of people who is not, you know, they want you to show off your skills too. They want to have fun. They want to like get out of their own head, right? They want to get into a different world. Yeah. The way that the two sides feed off each other is actually pretty healthy. And you think about like, you know, nobody's suing people for dressing up. I mean, I'm sure Disney will sooner or later, but people aren't suing people for dressing up like their characters at Comic-Cons, right? And like, if you tried to, I don't know, if you like tried to sell a fake Gerhard Richter painting or something at an art fair, like that's not going to go well. So I think that like it, people tend to think that the best art is not, populist right or for lack of a better word it to me it always is pop music like people have i'm a musician primarily right a pop musician people have more intense passionate connections with their favorite pop songs than they do with like any book they've ever read much less any painting or like any immersive art installation right and like comic books are an even better form of that because it is ultimately collaborative between the creators and the audience and it's kind of a a, you know a symbiosis or a dialogue i don't know i've already i I can see i've just like completely maxed out the bars here down at the bottom but i (laughs) that's i'm I'm happy with that answer hey hey uh, Graham, we were, you were making an abstract piece of art with the sound waves down there. <laughs> exactly. So it was just a manifestation of what the theory was that you were talking about there. So it was all appreciated. No, uh, no, I really, I, I mean, seriously, I, it's, it's really cool to, to, to talk about these things and, and, um, you know, I was, I have these conversations about music and like, I talked to my son about like, like you know, my, my, my kids are really into music. I'm like really into music. And I think, I think you're right. I think sometimes when we get into the art conversation, like, like we're, we're not supposed to talk about pop music or when we're around our serious, like music friends, like we're not supposed to say certain names and we all get like influenced by that. And I think, 
you know, I always thought comics were like kind of like this, always like this outsider strain, right? Like, you know, you could always do it. And somebody's like the comic book guy on like The Simpsons or like there's a weird little thing about people who are, who are into comics. But it's like it's the comfort in enjoying that type of stuff. And I think that's where the fun is in the Santos sisters and, and in pop music and in just like drop you into a scene. There's funny ass dialogue, weird shits going on. These superpowers don't have like a super strong basis in the cosmology, but all of it's happening. So <laughs> for sure, for sure. Funny. It books. feels good. It, 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 it feels, it feels good. And, um, I'm most of this is just to say, as I explain this, the way is that I'm a huge Swifty and Taylor Swift fan. And I'm always trying to rationalize and embed my uh, adoration of uh, Taylor in a philosophical basis to take well, on all comers. <laughs> well, can I, can I put a question to you that yeah. I couldn't talk about on Twitter? I mean, I guess, I don't know. But as a Swifty, I want to know you, what is your position on the, the Damon Albarn stuff? Um, I, uh, this is going to be like the lamest thing. I could possibly answer, but I just encountered it just very recently. And I haven't even like delved into, like, I thought the art questions around there of, uh, you know, like co-authorship and authorship and like, um, making assumptions about creativity. I was like, Whoa, like what's being, what's being, uh, said, what's being said here. So like, when I read that, I was like, Man, like the so what I'm referring to, of course, is like questions and accusations of like authorship yeah. and, and how things are, are, are created. Let me ask you, Graham, like, the, is that like the, the frame of it? In yeah, that, yeah, to me, that's so I kind of eventually came around to realize like it is shitty for him to say that because what did he say? What did he say? So he basically said. He was misquoted by The Guardian or somebody as saying, yeah, Taylor Swift doesn't write her songs. I was, you know, upset to learn that. And that's not the quote that he actually said. But I think that the whole story is like she does write songs. She is absolutely a songwriter. She also is a business and I believe solicits outside like some sort of like demos that met, then maybe she rewrites or whatever. So like for me as a person who like takes my songwriting really seriously, like I at first was like, wait, he's like, he's telling the truth. She does work with the team, but ultimately it's a very misogynist thing to put out there. And like, there's no reason that he should, he should have been more careful to say, to not say what he said. They shouldn't have misquoted him and her calling him out was all right. But it is weird, right? Like authors, like everybody should know that like, there aren't any like Bob Dylan, Cat Stevens, like, people who like have a hundred percent final control over the way their songs sound. Like, I don't believe that that exists anywhere anymore. So like when I first read it, I was like, Oh cool. Damon Albarn wants to talk about that aspect. So like that, that was kind of my take on it because like, it's a machine, right? You know, like this is, it's big business. There's, it's not for nothing that she's re methodically re-recording all of her old albums instead of writing new songs. Right. There's big money in this stuff. 
Absolutely. Hey, Greg, you, you're hanging in there with the with the Swifty banter. We got this as a timely podcast, you know, <laughs> making sure we engage all all issues, big and small. And uh, uh, just uh, we're just checking on you over there, Greg. You you you're hanging in, okay? Oh yeah, no problem. Greg, what do you think? <laughs> Greg, do you think that eventually Taylor Swift could sing a song that I wrote? Do you think? Because I've often thought about that. Like maybe I should just re- sell songs to Taylor Swift since my songs are so like difficult for people to deal with. I don't think I could do it, but I, you know, what do you think? We're one step closer to having a Taylor on this podcast. There we go. Yeah. It's always been the eventual goal of the podcast, which I've said, uh, you know, a couple, a couple times out loud. So, um, yes, we could see it. Um, but from Taylor Swift, uh, to the Santos sisters in, in, in two, in two comics, um, uh, Greg, uh, in putting, putting together the, the, uh, the, the, the art and putting together what this, what this world uh, looks like in, in, in the comics. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's fun and it's comfortable. I know there's like the Archie's reference and, and I, I saw that in the Quimby's quote and, 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 in that feel for in creating this in putting this together, where, where, where are you trying to evoke something specific? Where, where's, where's this world come from? Or is it just haphazard and happenstance? Oh, well, uh, I'd I'd say what if we, if we start with the the Archie similarities, we're really what we're doing trying to do is just um, get the the process down as as efficient and clean as we can, and and that style of comic Archie, all a lot of the old. Uh, more cartoony books, Richie Rich or um, some of the Disney Golden Key books and stuff like that. It's it's all um, it's all structured very very uh, very soundly. If if you can if you can get a, a working structure in place, um, you know what you're doing every step along the way. You know, so so the characters they're all kind of buy the book you draw the little circles and make the stick figures yeah well you also have like the universe there right yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah I think yeah. that's what i kind of contributed to in some small way is like imagining what are all of the nooks and crannies of the world like right, as right, long right. as you kind of know that that stuff's there then you can fill in stuff at a moment yeah yeah right? yeah no that's a good point you kind of build up the universe you you, you make characters and you you kind of build a pool of characters to draw from so in the early stages it's all character design and stuff like that hammering out costumes how the person's face looks you know because you want to you want to be able to draw the same person from panel to panel so you have to work out the structure of their face and other other clothes look and stuff like that yeah yeah hey i wanted to ask uh, i wanted to ask you both um a, 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 an art question, but it's just like, what, what is, what's art supposed to do? I mean, the question I ask is what's, what's the role of art? So like I've asked this at different times and amongst different artists and it's like, um, what, what's art supposed to be doing right now? And is it any different during our like pandemic times? Is it more important? So 
What's the role of art? You want to go, Greg? Nah, I got a couple thoughts. I'll try. I'll try to be able, you know, keep it under control a little bit. I think that there's multi. So in the pandemic times, it's interesting. There's not as much art coming out, and I don't know if that's because artists like there's still art coming out, but a lot of it is commercialized, right? So like commercial art is supposed to make money. I there is non-commercial art, I think. And what non-commercial art is supposed to do, and honestly, what commercial art is supposed to do too, hopefully, is make you think, make you learn more, and make you a better person. <laughs> like I, I, to me, it's like and like and feel stuff, I guess. But I don't know. I'm you know autistic or whatever, so it's like feeling and thinking. Like I'll feel stuff, but it's not really real until I turn it into thoughts. So you can add feel in there too. But I think that. You know, the connection aspect, as a musician, it's interesting because it's very much a push model, right? Like, you just kind of put songs out there and then you get adulation, but there's not, it's not an iterative process. I've written a ton of songs and, like, I wish I had more listeners. But, like, you don't really get that much feedback. I feel like comics is better at that, to the point earlier, of art being, you know, so, like, the artist, art for me, making art exists to make me feel better. I'm going to do it no matter what. Um, but for people, you know, then there's the other level of like, what are, you know, what are people going to get out of the art that you create? So feel something, think, learn, become better people. Um, comic books are probably more effective at that than music or much less like fine art, you know, academic painting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, and thank you for your mentions of music. I'm actually, uh, um, my son and I are going to do a, a small project that I've never done before. I grabbed a Zoom mic uh, to be able to record. He's a musician. Uh, he he could play, uh, you know, guitar, electric guitar and, and, and bass and drums. And uh, it's it, I learned so much about music from him. But we're going to try to record a little something just like ad hoc. Never done that before. So a little art project that I'm taking time to do over the next uh, couple of days. So I actually just really dig talking about music. <laughs> you know, we're talking about all art here. And it's um, uh, really, really exciting to me. Uh, hey, hey, Greg, just, you know, I mean, what's what's art supposed to do? It's supposed to make us laugh uh supposed to make us escape or what what's the role of art well it's, i suppose it has lots of different roles uh, those things you mentioned escaping and making you laugh and inspiring just telling a story um specific specifically with comics i think uh i think that that's exactly where it is it's just telling a story and in the comics case it kind of the art sort of takes a back seat to the story um there are comic books that that um the art will be the main focus i know for me i've, I've never really read a, i never really read a lot of comics i've got a handful that i really like but for the most part it's just flipping through the art for me but um it's important to tell tell a story, though. Um. Yeah, I found um, 
as I've talked to a lot of artists of, of different sorts, or even like the doing the philosophy podcast is, um, you know, it drops back down to, to stories, you know, we use that term a lot. And I think, but I think it's, I think it's true. Like the narrative, a way of telling something or telling about the experience. Um, yeah. And, uh, you, you, you know, almost I, like, I, like you shouldn't be, shouldn't notice the art that much, you know, you should just be immersed in, in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I won't go off on a rant here, but I think immersion can be overrated. Like, I think part of what, be- the, for me, the what is so beneficial about, I'm thinking about video games, but also like experiencing art is placing it within the context of the other stuff that you know and think about. So like uh, on some level, yeah, if you're just trying to escape, then immersion is great, yeah. but you, hopefully don't want to escape all the time so i don't know I think yeah, you know you know now that i think about it i do it, it's not just the immersion you you want something at least at least for me i i like the pictures i like fun pictures to look at you know yeah yeah it's funny you mentioned that about not like i read comic books back when i would buy and consume comic books but like i never really read them because the stories were i mean that's the comics i were reading i was reading the stories weren't great i guess and the art was really good and that's what i looked for i don't know i've been thinking about lobo a lot recently i feel like i need to go back and read lobo because i <laughs> had like the most intense personal connection to that comic book and i have a feeling i would still think it's really funny it was like in seventh grade it's not like i was like four years old or something loving lobo right right yeah all right flashbacks to lobo <laughs> sure uh, yeah devil remember that. devil may care i'm gonna go about it my own way lobo period <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I've been for context, listeners. I'm going through the complex process of just like not giving a shit about Marvel at all, and I guess embracing the fact that maybe I kind of like DC. So that's like I won't bore you with the further details, but that that's the context there. I do love Lobo. That's where it started. So, yeah, that's I'm a I'm a rare one where, as far as the major publishers, I grew up Marvel, but I've been like almost. I buy DC for the past decade or so and a lot of indies, but I, most people I talk to with comics would be like, I grew up this way and that's my universe. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. It's kind of like the Nintendo versus Sega Genesis argument. You know, you <laughs> Nintendo or you were just Sega Genesis. Yeah. Nintendo. But then, <laughs> then you, right. yeah, right. Well, but then you go to Tokyo in the summer of 1999 and get to bring home a Dreamcast before it's for sale in the U S and all of a sudden your Nintendo allegiance is a little shaky. Oh, very, shaky. <laughs> very, very shaky rock to its foundation after that type of, uh, <laughs> after, after that type of event. That's hey, right. Um, we're going to go for We're going to reach for the stars with this question. I might have another absurd question or two, but reaching for the stars, uh, the, the something rather than nothing, uh, question. Uh, so, uh, I've asked it two ways and you can answer it either way. Uh, why is there something rather nothing or how is there something rather than nothing? I don't know who's going first. You both chomping at the bit. Not people can't see the video, but they're both like two racehorses 
right up at the first. No, Greg, no. you go first. I I really can't answer that. I I, I can't pre- I can't I can't begin to know, and I'm fine with that. So Greg, I will just Greg is hum- will- Greg is humble. He was ready. I thought he was right out of the gates. He was just wanting to get his nah. His maybe on another day, stuff. or you know, <laughs> Craig's just grateful there is something right, and that's a good way to be. I I started reading this philosophy book that I read about. I guess I was reading Nietzsche's Wikipedia page, and I came across this book by a person named African Spear. And obviously, I thought that was a cool name to have, first of all. But I went like a lot of people were very into this book called Thoughts and Reality. I, I only got through like the first 40 pages. I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it, but it's like you can't get it on Kindle. So it's like you have to scroll through a Google Doc, whatever. I believe that like what I took from the first part of that is like we're always trying to recreate something, right? So I guess it's like the chicken and the egg question. Like how could that work? Like you have to, but like I, I the way that I read it, I'm obviously biased, look, you know, trying to fit my own agenda is like, we're trying to capture something that like sticks with us and means something to us. And so we're kind of trying to recreate that somehow because we think it's valuable to other people. And I guess that connects to my other answer that you, you're trying to give people more information and feeling so that they can, you know, do what they need to do to become better. So that's yeah. why there's something because we can all be better. Right. Hey, uh, Graham Smith, I don't know. If, uh, I'm hearing you're working on your thesis here. This is a <laughs> testing ground. Yeah, just trying out new material on your podcast. Sorry. So as we get into these as we get into these profound things, now and the basis for the conversation was my love of the Santos sisters' comments. So as we reach for the stars, we also know that there are chapters uh, in the Santos sisters, such as out of gas, kiss my dolphin ass, right? <laughs> and and uh, such vignettes of how do I set up a tent? So you know uh, we, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to um, to 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 cover it all. Um, uh, and um, the so so everybody the um, the the Santos sisters uh, uh, American nature. Independent comics, uh, Greg and Fake. We're all talking to uh, Graham Smith as part of the creative team. Greg uh, Petri um, uh, putting together this 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 fine this fine comic. Um, what I wanted to ask you both is this is kind of like just the the open ended thing to to make sure our listeners can connect with you know this cool art that I like that you've done, um, and whether uh, Graham, it's like music whether it's the the comics and stuff could you could you let us know kind of like how folks can come in contact with what you create where to get a copy to santos sisters maybe places to look however you want to like lead the listeners to uh what you create both of you greg spit out some urls i know greg and fake.blogspot.com is a good source that's a good one yeah you can find the comic through there Bunch of yep. sh- bunch of shops all over. Um, it'll be in stores. It's in some stores right now, but like I, was, I don't know if I said it earlier, but but um, we we have a 
we have distributors now, so uh, your local shop may have ordered some if you didn't ask them to already. Um, but but you can definitely s s look uh, look look up Greg and Fake, and you know just. Uh, and I saw uh, Port Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine, uh, in the, in the Chicago area as well. Uh, Quimby's. Uh, bookstore where actually folks um the first issue of something rather than nothing zine will uh, eventually arrive on the shelves of quimby's that i happened upon for the first time in my life when i visited chicago a few months ago when bookstores change your life <laughs> love love that event uh, running into uh, uh, quimby's uh, uh, graham uh, add some added things as far as information where to find your art find uh, find the santos sisters music etc definitely um i hit you with some urls they're all short for ease of typing and memory uh but some of the words are misspelled so bear with me i just found that there's a santosisters.com which has like a nice little write-up on it and it's got instagram and twitter links so santosisters.com is a good place to hit. oh there you go thank for, you graham for me kgw.me.me it's the montenegro uh tld kgw.me is my main band kleenex girl wonder uh 28 years young uh the band is um, I wish I were, I guess I, if I was, then I would have been an artist when I was born. Uh, <laughs> H E A V dot I N heaven, but with an I H E V H E A V dot I N. That is a uh, gates of heaven. Another band, I guess re three P R E E three P dot bandcap.com. That has a bunch of other stuff. Uh, then there's art at ugfine.art, U-G-H-F-I-N-E.A-R-T. Um, and that's, I mean, then Twitter, Graham Smith on Twitter, you know, my life is art, you know, put me in a gallery. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> great. No, thanks. Thanks for all that too. And folks, we'll have that in the, all the links in, in, in the show notes. And I think, uh, what I'd like to say too is, um, uh, you know, thank, thanks, uh, for the creative team here and, and, and the popping on to the, the podcast and bouncing around and talking uh, philosophy and comics and uh, uh, Taylor Swift and, and and music and creativity. I really appreciate uh, what what you're doing and everybody, uh, you know, for the comics uh, and 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 uh, just asking listeners to support. Uh, you know, the independent is an independent podcast, independent comics and and, and creators and musicians. Um, just, you know, if you could spend that extra, you know, minute or two and, and, and check out um, check out a lot of the great things that you're doing. Um, uh, Greg and, and Graham, uh, I just really want to thank you both uh, for spending the time for creating the art that you do and for popping on to Zany uh, Philosophy Program, something rather than nothing. Um, just really wanted to thank 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 both of you. Yeah, this was great. Thanks yeah, so much for having yeah. us. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure. Yeah, much, much, much appreciated. And uh, keep, keep, keep creating. And um, uh, have a great day, both of you. Yeah, you too. You too. Thanks. This is something rather than nothing. 